We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to Light Years. Andy Liu is is uh, Bob Myers the Swindle God once again. Are you better than Adrian Wojnarowski at breaking news? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, for the avid listeners that listen to every second of every single Light Years podcast, um, I, I think uh, uh, Sam brought this well, up. Woj's been slipping for a while. It's, <laughs> it's only a matter of time before it came for him. <laughs> you and Shams. You, you and Shams, you're like the taller version of, of, of Shams. Like yeah, better yeah, like, beard. Yeah. You got like six inches on. But that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, dude. Jamichael Green. The Warriors get Jamichael Green. Um, he checks the box in theory of one of the things I really wanted, which was like an auto Bielitsa replacement for a stretch big. Um, so, so let's talk about Jamichael a little bit. And then of course we got a special guest to get to after the segment. So, um, you know, you guys are going to enjoy that one, but Jamichael, he's what six, eight, maybe six, nine. Um, traditionally a four has played a little more five recently, like for the Warriors, he'll definitely play some five in addition to playing some four did not shoot the ball well last year, but randomly. That should be, that could be an aberration because the previous last year, he shot at 26.6% on a small sample. Yeah. Yeah. I think worrisome, but still a small sample prior to that, just so we can be clear, 39.9%, 38.7% and 40.3%. That's three seasons in a row of a much larger sample. Um, So basically 40% for three straight seasons. For his career, 37. If we yep. combine it all, about 37 and a half. I mean, in general, he can hit an open shot, particularly from the corner. Yeah. I mean, I think they're looking at a couple of different things, right? They're looking at a veteran, a guy that's just been in the league for a long time, knows how to play basketball. Super cliche, but I think that's what they were looking at for Otto and Bielitsa. I think he's better than Bielitsa. I don't think he's as good as Otto. Um, so I think he's like literally right in between the two guys. Uh, and he is fulfilling both of those roles. A good cutter, someone like Otto was. Decent passer, Bielitsa was an okay passer, right? Um, but I think the main thing is, like, a guy that just is going to be able to soak up postseason minutes. I think with Otto, they got kind of lucky with that he was able to play a ton of postseason minutes. 
I don't know if that'll be the case with Jamichael, but the big, big, big crucial thing that you and I keep bringing up is that they just need someone to play those minutes in the regular season. He should be playing about 15 to 20 minutes a game. That's crucial. And not have it be like, a, oh, my God, we don't know what Jamichael Screen going to do out there today, right? Because I think a lot with Kaminga, you know, Wiseman, and even a little bit of Moody, it's like, Man, we don't know what's going to happen tonight. They're young guys. With Jermichael Green, we kind of know. We know what he's going to give, and it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he's an ideal stretch four next to Wiseman. You can play him next to Draymond when you want to go small ball, uh, where he's kind of the five, even you know, kind of de facto. Just another veteran big to throw in there because it's going to be hard to play Kuminga and Wiseman together and, you know, get consistently positive production. They're both really young. It's probably going to be up and down. You probably want to surround them by veterans to make it easier. Jamichael Green, in theory, fits one of those. Uh, one other call, and he's only 32. He'll be 32. He just turned 32 a couple of weeks or a month ago. He's going to be 32 this season, so he's not particularly old. Um, same age range as Clay and Draymond. He's going to be playing a smaller role. Like you said, 15 minutes per game is probably was going to be, there'll be nights where it's more, there'll be nights where it's less. Um, so really it's just a question of was last year a little bit of an aberration shooting the ball. And I think the Warriors have now shown with multiple players, they can kind of, I don't want to say you know, fix a shot, but like with what they did with JAMA, with Wiggins and a little bit with Kuminga and stuff, I think, I feel cautiously optimistic that they can get him back up to kind of his career 37, 38% from three. Yep. Yep. Um, so, you know, perks of playing with, uh, with Steph Curry. I know there are other great players in the NBA, but there's no one player that's great as Steph in the NBA. Right. So I think a lot of that is going to help um, Jamichael Green. I I'm with you. I think a little bit is uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what role he plays to defensively, the four, the five auto Porter was, you remember sneakily playing the five a lot throughout the, and sneakily really effective even though he's like lost foot speed he was definitely able to defend still Mm -hmm. um jamichael another older player who you know health hasn't really been on his side the last year ish so you know get him healthy see if he can do it i know he, he was a really good defender when he was a little younger now he's more in that veteran phase so i like it i think it's a you know i agree with you he's not as good as Otto. um but you also bring up a good point on Otto. Who knows if we'll see that Otto again? You know, he was basically held together with duct tape last year. Oh, boy. So, you know, I, I hope so because, like, I don't, you know, I don't want him to get hurt or anything. Yeah. But it's like, it's one of those things where I can understand wanting to move on from him and find someone else because you just never know if next year is going to be the year where Otto only plays 27 games and isn't available in the playoffs. You that, know? That, that's why I think a lot of us were less concerned with the loss of Otto and Bielitsa. I think the Warriors are always going to be able to get guys like this. So from a macro level, I think this kind of proves that point. The Warriors are always going to be able to get guys that can buy in, especially I think Jamaica is going to be able to buy in and just be okay with playing those minutes and also just be smart because he's been in the league for so long. Right, because the Warriors have a lot of these guys that just don't know how to play basketball. Uh, as much as we think that Kaminga, for example, has a ton of potential, he has no idea how to play wing basketball yet. And 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 the Warriors, you maybe don't want to find out as quickly as you should that they don't know how to play that ball yet. So yeah, I think this is this is a good one. I I think. Um, well, and, other- and I just I just want to call it out. You always say this, but it's like yeah, usually top picks go to losing teams and they get to like learn by making mistakes. You know. The Warriors can't allow Kuminga and Wiseman to do that because it's like, you know, their mistakes will lead to losses. And and when you're a contending team, you can't just throw games away. Yep. Yep. 
I mean, unless they play 10 minutes, you know, we'll see. Funny thing is, too, Jermichael Green's 32. And it's like, yeah, that is a vet age. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly a lot older than Otto when he was here. But, man, 32 is not – like, it's not crazy old, right? But then it's like you look at Steph. He's going to be 35 next season, and he's just, like, way smack dab in his prime. I guess it's just so weird for all these players. It's like how when you look at LeBron's career, everybody in his draft class is done. Right, right, pretty much, except for him. And then you look, it's always funny. You look at someone like Jermichael Green, he's 32. He's not, he's not old, but man, it feels like this is kind of the, uh, this is kind of feels like who he is, right? He's a vet man experienced guy. So overall, good pickup for the Warriors. Let me ask you, um, is this the last move pickup of the offseason for the Warriors? No, I still think they, well, one, we haven't heard about Andre's decision. They, sure. they don't have enough. I mean, with Jamichael, they're either up to 12 or 13 players. So they just have roster spots. Like they're going to add at least one more veteran, in my opinion. Okay. Maybe leave the last spot open for the camp, for camp, you know, see if you can discover the magic. Like remember, GP2 wasn't exactly guaranteed. He just won the job in camp, right? So maybe one, but I think they're definitely going to add at least one more veteran. And they also still have the two way. Um, I think they I think they need another ball handler. Uh doesn't need to be flashy, just needs to be someone who can fill in bench minutes when Steph's getting a rest day or sure. you know if Jordan pulls out. Cause like if right now if Steph goes down, it's 48 minutes of pool. So um so they, they just, yeah, but but I mean, you know, that, that might not be so good for his joints. So <laughs> they should they should someone. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see who else they get. They should definitely add at least one more vet though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so far I think I think good. Uh Good way to kind of pick it back up after losing GP2 Auto and some of the other vets, Bielitsa. So now it's now that's Dante DiVincenzo and Jermichael Green. You think another vet comes along? I think all in all, I think good fits. Sam, I think I think overall that's the, that's the theme. They're not picking up guys like Kelly Oubre who don't know how to play the system. I think you could you could argue that these guys are as good of a fit as you can imagine of the free agents that the Warriors could have could have gotten this this offseason within reason. Yeah, like are they are those two better than? GP and Otto, no, no, no yeah. just because we already saw what those guys could do with yeah. the Warriors, and that's yeah. a high bar. They were key twenty-minute players in the finals, right? Um, but are they good alternatives? Yeah, I think so. I think I can live with it, particularly if they really do develop their young guys. I can live with it. So that that's where that's the key, right? That's that bridging the gap is going to be obviously clay better maybe maybe wiggins takes a step so those are obvious ones but the Bull big should is, take a step that's right yeah. obviously right that that's actually it's a huge one that we actually don't Looney, talk about enough looney's Looney probably going to ta- probably going to turn into dennis rodman you know just uh, 18 rebounds a game 18 a game team. get yeah. out of the way um but that that's that's really the answer a lot of this i mean they're not picking up an impact impact guys so it's all those guys the core guys getting better um and and moody and kaminga where are where, where are they going to be so dude that's pretty exciting that's pretty exciting. Pretty exciting uh, pickup for the Warriors today. All right. To our special guest after the break. One quick thing before we get there, though. We recorded before the Jamichael signing. So I think it's hilarious. I'm talking at one point. I'm saying, like, what are they going to do losing Otto Porter? Just remember, we recorded that before <laughs> Jamichael. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Andy Lou, we, we have a special guest this week. Oh, the people, the people have been waiting for this day. Uh, <laughs> I just, no, seriously, this is, uh, this is an exciting time. Uh, Andrew Bogan, sir, how are you doing? No intro, what is because if, you, if, you're a, if you're a light years listener, you don't know who Andrew Bogan is. Uh, that's embarrassment. It's an absolute embarrassment. Yeah, you can, just, you can just unsubscribe if you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we appreciate you joining us. So, uh, Came to my mind as we were watching uh, James Wiseman's Summer League. Obviously, he missed the last 15 months injured. And, uh, you know, no one really knows how to evaluate him or what to take from it because newsflash, none of us were top three pick centers in, uh, in the NBA draft. And I remembered you spoke with our mutual friend, Ethan Strauss, about Wiseman during his rookie year. So I thought, uh, there's literally no one else qualified to actually discuss the challenges of, of playing center for the Warriors than someone who's actually done it. So I want to ask with this, did you get a chance to catch any of the summer league uh, games or any clips of them? A little bit of clips. I'm not, I'm not an avid summer league watcher. <laughs> I watched a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm part owner of the Sydney Kings here. So I've got to kind of keep my ear to the ground a little bit because we're still looking for our final import, but I don't watch full games. I'll, I'll put that out there right now. Okay. Well, that, that's fine. So, I mean, you have a life, unlike <laughs> Sam and I. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, not, uh, not dropping the family to watch summer league basketball at 5 p.m. on a Tuesday. No. NBA finals, yeah, NBA playoffs, few regular season games. But yeah, I'll give you, for- I'll give you the recap though. He he looks healthy, but overall, from a, a level of play perspective, I think about the same. Just just kind of as yeah. raw as he was, I think the first year that he was in the league. But overall, the knee looks good. I mean, as, as someone that's fought through, your injury was a lot worse than, than a meniscus, I think. But um, I guess maybe we can start there. From, from someone that's dealt with an injury like that, Wiseman hasn't played in 15 months. Um, how does coming back – I mean, it's crazy just to think about. Um, how does coming back from that – like, where is his mind, right, in those situations? Because I think 
the Warriors talk about it a lot, and, and they gave him a standing ovation. Uh, I don't know if you read about that after the first summer league game because he's on the court and he's healthy. So um, you got experience. Uh, maybe you can help us understand what he's going through. Yeah, I've never been out that long. Um, that's a long, long time, you know, uh, and, and he's a young guy. I was fortunate enough. I didn't have a lot of injuries early in my career. Um, so I guess as a young guy, especially for Wiseman, he's trying to establish himself, his role, his minutes. Um, the injuries have just thrown a spanner in the works, right? You know, and he's fallen, uh, fallen out of the rotation because he's been hurt and then they win a championship. So, and he's, he's a top five pick. So it's, you know, traditionally a, a top five piece going to a bad team that they're going to get, they're going to give you touches. They're going to, you know, I look at, um, you know, Giddy, right? You know, right. KC, you know, and I love him. I think he's a fantastic player. He's going to be one of the best Australians to ever play. But if he goes to Golden State, um, they, they had a pick in that range. It's a different story. He's all of a sudden not playing his natural PG position because Steph's carrying a lot. So a lot of it comes to circumstance. And I think, long story short, for Wiseman, it's going to be a little bit frustrating. But, you know, he's part of a team that's a winning team. And, you know, he's going to try to lean on guys like Draymond, Steph, Clay, and Andre, those kind of mentor type guys to, to ask questions and get answers and not help him through it. Yeah, I feel I feel like that's the the hardest part. They've been saying it for two years. You know, we want to win and develop at the same time, which very few teams are ever able to pull off. Obviously, they won the title this year, but you know, you, you can't you can't avoid the fact that none of the young players played in the playoffs. It was all the veterans. You know, Steph, Clay, Draymond, and then like GP two is twenty nine years old. He's been around the block. Otto Porter, obviously a veteran. Those were the guys, and it's I, I just wonder, you know where Wiseman gets the space to kind of figure out who he is and play through just the general things that all players go through while the Warriors are still competing. That's the question. Um, and I would argue that there's some teams in the league that don't do either of those things, develop all, <laughs> um, you know, to do both is, is pretty much impossible. Like you, you know, you're stacking your roster to win a championship. You need complementary veteran players that you just mentioned, Otto Porter, those kind of guys. Um, to then go the development route, well, development, you know, coincides with minutes. So, and big minutes and being in games late to learn how to win in close situations, learn, make mistakes and lose a game in a close situation and learn from it. That's part of development. I don't think he's going to get that with the Warriors for a while. Um, I think he's going to be a, a, a 20 minute, 20 minute guy. I think he can be a very valuable piece for him, but he's not a, a Steph or a clay piece for that team. And, I think that that would be frustrating for him. Uh, you know, the conversation I had with Ethan was along the lines of you get drafted top five, you generally go to a bad team, you're going to get touches, you're going to have games where you're 15 for 20 and you're going to have games where you're five for 20. They're going to let you play through that malaise. They're going to let you play through that those mistakes. Uh, Golden State out in that position. You go <clears throat> 0 for 3, you're coming out of the game, right? Um, and I think as, as a young player, Wiseman probably has people in his agency, in his group, in his family saying, hey, you can do more, you can do more. You know, they're not, they're not letting you shine. They're not letting you show your talent. And he probably thinks, shit, that's right. I can do more for this team. But then Steve Kerr, Steph, the Warriors, like, hey, we, we don't need you to do that, though. We've got Steph Curry. We've got, we don't need you getting your bag. We need you to, unfortunately, the center position for the Warriors is, is very simple. It's physical, grab, grab as many rebounds as you can, protect the rim, and be a good facilitator, passer, and screener, and you're going to get a few lobs from that. Um, I still think Wiseman can get four, three or four easy baskets a game with right. the attention 
So I think concentrating on that early in games for him will be important. The rest will come slowly, but, you know, his development probably won't be as fast as it would on, on a bad team individually. Now, you could you could be on a bad team and average 20 and 10 the rest of your career and never sniff a playoff game. So there's plenty of players that are okay with that. I would argue it's pretty difficult to be. I mean, you were the best center uh, on that team. They lost in 2016. You got hurt. Um I wouldn't say it was the easy. They always never. They mentioned. always forget. I was there. watching. <laughs> always about like, Draymond suspension. It's never about well, Logan going down in game five. That but, too. That's that, another that story. Help. We're not talking about that, by the way, on this podcast. Um, but but the stuff you did. I mean, the defense, which is which is. I mean, you can talk to us, but that's one of the hardest things for a big. I think Wiseman got a lot better from the first season. The, the screen setting now, Kevon Looney's a master at it, and the passing, which the passing no other big in the NBA system does. Right? There's just no. Everything is just kind of screen and roll, screen and roll, at least from, from my perspective, from what I see, versus when you were here, there was a lot of passing, and we see Looney do a little bit. Draymond's obviously great at it. That's not necessarily the first thing that comes to mind for a young, talented, big like Wiseman, right? So it, it does feel like when you talk about requirements for a center, like if I'm James Wiseman, I'm like, dude, I'm 7'2", I'm the fastest dude on the court, I can shoot a little bit, I can handle, I'm trying to do all of that and get my 20 points, versus when you were here, you're like, I mean, it didn't feel like this, but you're like, yeah. I'm going to do all the dirty work. I'm great at it. And I'm going to be an integral piece by doing that. But you were also a veteran by the time you get. So it's a little. Yeah, and I was lucky. I was, I was, you know, with Milwaukee, I was the number one, number two option for four or five years, right? So I, I experienced that. Um, you know, Wiseman probably, I have to look at the stats, but I, I assume he'd be the number one usage guy on his, on his college team. Now he's coming to a system where it's like, hey, man, just, just set screens and roll for us. And a lot of players take offense to that. A lot of players will be like, I'm more than that. I'm not a role player. I'm a star. I'm a top five pick. And for a young player, it's hard, man. Like there's no formula to, to fix that. And that's a challenge that Steve Kerr's going to have with Wiseman. I'm interested to see how they how they navigate all those waters because it's easier said than done. And, and, and that system is very particular to, you know, doing the little things as a big. Um, I mean, Wiseman's still, I think his feel for the game needs work. He's got right. way more athleticism than I ever had, but he'll, he'll get that with time. But you know, the reason why I fit in so well with that team was high basketball like you guys, like Draymond and Steph and Clay and Andre. It wasn't even – our defense wasn't really even drilled or practiced. It was just all read and react stuff from our IQ for the most part. Like, we had a system, don't get me wrong, but like Draymond knew if, if Bogues is behind me, I can get up in the ball. If he gets by me, Bogues is going to go and attempt the block and then I'm going to get his man's legs. Or Andre knew the same. Like, we just knew, like, our strengths and weaknesses on the floor and – that's something that Wiseman's going to kind of work his way towards basketball like he was. You mentioned passing. Um, to me, that's that's kind of like the most interesting part. This is always a question I ask. Do you think passing is a learned skill or it's just intuitive? Because obviously you are a good passer and a general defining quality of big men who've been successful in the Warriors system is like they have – they read the court well. They can find stuff in clay relocating. Um, they, they're generally uh, good decision makers. And at this point, I mean, we've barely watched Wiseman over two years, so I don't want to make any definitive judgment, but it is exactly what you're saying. Young guy who thinks he can score on every possession, every time he gets the ball, he's trying to get a shot off. Yeah, and that's – that's. I'm, I'm sure they're okay with him doing that once in a while. Like we see the, the fake handoff that I used to do that Draymond now does where you hand it off Steph for three straight threes. You've got you to get an easy layup or a lob out of it, right? Um, would they want Wiseman going first possession one-on-one? No. Um, that's just the reality of it. It's, it's hard. It's Like I said, it's it's 
it's opposite of what everyone in Wiseman's camp will be telling him. <laughs> you know, they're all telling him he's getting screwed, you should play more, we need to get you out of here. I'm just assuming this is what his camp's saying because I've been around NBA players and their entourages and all that for 15 years. Um, and and they, they have to do that. You're, they're either on your payroll or your family or friends they have to tell you the right thing, right? But it, it is tough and, and that's... You know, I don't think Wiseman's a great pastor. Um, can you, to your question of can you teach that? I don't think so. I think you can teach basic, you know, chess pass, a few little, you know, nuances with that. But a lot of it comes down to feel and IQ of just just knowing spacing. And some some players get it and some don't. That's a very, like basketball IQs, you, you, it's pretty, that's a pretty much impossible to teach. Um, if you don't have it by the time you're 19, 20, coming out of high school slash college, you can't go and watch film and improve your basketball IQ to an extent. You, you can sit with a coach and try to be robotic. Okay, when this happens, I do this, but that's not basketball IQ. That's just being drilled. Whereas, like I said, with that squad, why it was so special was we had so many guys that were just, it was all just read and react and, and, and no one's strengths and weaknesses. By the way, I'm sure that's what Steve Kerr was saying to upper management when they when they gave him Kelly Oubre. I can't teach this guy to, to pass him on corner. All right. All right. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, so, <laughs> so a few guys that have been through there in the last three or four years that were were interesting weren't really the, the most warrior characteristic type person but they got him out of there quickly <laughs> i i was gonna say i think they they figured that out because i think draymond was ready to quit and then and then they, they got him auto and, <laughs> yeah. and the elites uh who are very smart players and then gp2 is a very very smart player but now they lost those two those three guys so it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one which speaks to the two timeline thing you know these guys very well. Um, what do you think they feel about it? Because we've heard, we've heard Andre talk about it. We've heard Draymond talk about it. Well, they don't hide. They're, 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 <laughs> they do not. They do not. Steph doesn't say anything because he's Steph, at least to the public. Um, how do you think they feel about it? About the guys leaving, you mean? No, I think about the about the two timelines, about the way that there's like, you know, there, there's six players on this team under under 22. There's six, uh, guys, there's six guys over 30 and six guys like under 23. So it's, it's like literally two two different rosters. Yeah, it is. I think they look, they need some youth for longevity, um, but it's still going to be, you know, still as far as Steph Clay and Draymond can take him now. You know, Steph's one of those guys, I, I really believe he can play until he's, you know, close to his 40s because you can just move him off the ball and no one's leaving him in the corner or on the wing. Clay similar, that they're going to play, they can play deep into their 30s, in my opinion. Draymond a little bit different, um, depending on if his speed and strength starts to slow down a little bit, but. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it's kind of a, a bipolar roster, right? Like there's no yeah. there's no in between. You you they're not old. They're not you know it's, they're old and then they're young and that's it. Um, it'd be interesting to see what they do. And I mean, it's yeah, it's just it's just one of those things that, that they've probably got another. Would you argue another probably two years at the peak, maybe? Um, and then you start thinking about you know Steph's going to slow down, Clay's going to slow down. We're going to need stars and they're probably going to be more of that complimentary piece you know two three four years down the track as hard as that is for people to believe but you know father time's undefeated um and you know people talk about chris paul and how his body you know his body of work and this that but comes conference finals time and finals time every year he breaks down because he's, he's older like you can get through that regular season in the playoffs but Age is undefeated, so I'll be interested to see if they blood these young guys a little bit more in the regular season, or if it's still going to be all in towards wins. If I had to guess, that's kind of you know that's probably the plan. Let them play more in the regular season, and maybe 
if it isn't progressing at the rate you want, you know, see who's available at the deadline. But they didn't do that last year, and it worked out just fine for them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You mentioned Steph. I want to ask you this. Was that playoff run the best you've ever seen him play, or was Boston just the first team literally since the Warriors started competing for titles that actually tried to single cover him? I mean, I was, I was doing some stuff, some videos on, on that, and I'm just like, they were, they were in a kind of a non-aggressive drop for the whole series. Just like... At some point, at some point, you see the memes where there's like three guys guarding Steph at half court and like Draymond's wide open. At some point, you got to go to that. Like you, you, you got to, like if someone else, we know, you know, Clay didn't have a greatest shooting series. Um, Wiggins hot and cold from three at times. Draymond didn't want to shoot it. Um, so you're like, you got to, you got to be like, well, we're going to dare someone else to try and beat us. But in saying that, the Warriors have a lot of counters to that. You look at when teams, I spoke about this as well. When teams blitz Steph early in half court, they, they, they hard blitz him. He's so good at getting it out of that blitz and coming straight off a handoff again off that first pass out. So the problem is you've got a guy out of the blitz running, sprinting in rotation with his back kind of towards the ball. And then Steph just runs off another handoff. Draymond sets a good screen and, and you, you got a three. But yeah, Boston's coverage was interesting. They also went anti-analytics with the two big lineup, um, which is frowned upon in 2022, and it almost got done for him. With you know, arguably, if they had a, probably a more mobile Al Horford, he was you know a bit, could have got it done maybe. Yeah, but they played two bigs. I don't think, minutes, which is it's, that's absolutely frowned upon against the Warriors, and they actually got wins doing it, which was interesting. Yeah, I was going to say it wasn't it wasn't the bigs that lost in the series. It was the fact that you know Tatum is not really a point guard and you know, his youth showed like they weren't able to really initiate offense. So it did work for them. I guess, I guess two bigs does work if you have the right bigs still. Yeah, it did work. I mean, Tatum was, I thought he was bad, especially in four five or six of just yep. trying to draw fouls in the paint and the referees just weren't calling on him. He was trying to throw his body and then just throwing up crap that would get rebounds and running out. And then I think Boston's bench really died off after game two, three. Um, I really like what, you know, I know it's not a Boston podcast, but I like the, the, the moves they've made already in the offseason. I think they've got better. Their bench was, I mean, they were relying on Derek White to drop 20 a night for their bench to have any impact. And he just, he burnt out after game two. So um, I think Boston are going to be tough again, though. No, they added they added two legitimate veterans who upgrade their rotation. And then the, on the Warriors side, they lost two veterans who played 20 minutes a game in the finals for them. So... We'll see. We'll see how those Dante DiVincenzo. Are. There's Dante. Yeah, Dante. They'll get someone pre-deadline, pre, pre. They'll get a, a buyout candidate, a veteran, a veteran will jump ship, especially if they're in, you know, top in the top four in the West. They'll, they'll get. I'm not too concerned. I mean, they lost. They lost some good players. Don't get me wrong, but I think they can kind of find guys that'll fill that role in February. I believe. Hmm. Yeah. Probably. What do you think? What do you think, Steph is? Uh... The legacy discussion is, the, is everyone's favorite discussion. So I have, I have to ask, 
Um, where do you think he is uh, in the in the NBA landscape, career, best point guard of all time, top 10, all that fun stuff? Yeah, I mean, these discussions are hard because it's, you know, different eras. I mean, you've got guys back in the day playing Converse high tops, you know. Um, you didn't so play in those? Hard. Never played in those? No, thankfully. I mean, imagine the injuries with those being worse. Um, you know, you're arguably does Will score 100 in today's era? You know, you got that whole debate. But I, I think Steph's in the top 10. I think he is. Um, the, the very hard thing to do, I've done this on my podcast, my co-host, Mike Copio, is he always says, who do you take out then? Who's out of the top 10? You know, you're talking Shaq, Kareem, Magic, Tim Duncan, Kim Garnett's probably in there somewhere. Uh, Wilt, you know, Bill Russell, you know, like... Who gets taken out? You got to replace him, right? But I think I think he's right there. I think he's. I don't think he gets as much credit. I think he gets a lot of um, people are just. He's not that rah rah superstar, you know. And I think that hurts him in a way because people just, oh, you know, baby faced. Look at him; he can't be a top ten guy. He's baby faced, like but six two. And it's yeah. counterintuitive to like every level of basketball. Like the, the best player on the floor shouldn't be kind of the guy who's small, not the most athletic, you know, relative to everyone else. So it's like it's it always feels kind of like uh, it hurts your pride more when it's someone like that than like let's say LeBron, who just physically, I mean, he's overwhelming, right? Well, yeah, he's not supposed to do it. Simmons um, not supposed to do what he's doing, and just the the dagger threes that he makes that aren't, aren't even supposed to be shot attempts. Um, you know, that's, I mean, I played with a guy. It was just, it's demoralizing. Like teams defense would be 99.9% on point, And then he just comes back and it's a step back from, you know, two feet over half court in transition and just takes their lead out in 40 seconds. You just like, it's, it's absolutely demoralizing for teams. And that that alone is a reason why he's, he's in the top 10, in my opinion, because he can, he's one of those few players, he changes the game on a dime. Like, you, and you, you playing with him, watching him, sitting on the bench, you could see it coming. Like, we're down nine with, you know, four minutes left and then two minutes left, we're up three. Like, it's just like, and you just, you just, and the thing is, everyone knows it's coming. Right. And it's still, that's why he's, that's why he's in there, in my opinion. What do you think? I mean, you played with him. He's still going. You guys haven't been teammates for six years now. What do you think? Do you think anything's changed? Do you think he's the same player? Do you think he's got better? Um, just to your eye. Oh, pause before, before, Edge, before you answer that, I want to pause because Draymond brought up this on his podcast um, that, <laughs> that Steph was not a bucket back in 2015 16, and now he is. Uh, so there seems to be some changes with Steph, maybe offensively, maybe defensively than before. So a little context. I don't know if he wasn't a bucket. Um, probably Draymond and I can debate that. He was definitely a bucket back then. <laughs> I, think he just, I think he's just time and experience. Um, having you know the, the infamous final series where he didn't get the MVP and then the next season where he didn't shoot it that well and, and couldn't make the tough shots at the end of that series uh, when Draymond and I were out. Um, Maybe, but I think where he's really grown is defensively. He's gotten a lot better. Like he was, you know, um, probably early on in his career because of his body and everything, he just didn't want to get too much in harm's way, too physical. But you can see his body transformation that's made in the weight room. He looks way more lean and ripped and cut, and he's happy to mix it up defensively. So I think that's one. And I think offensively, I think it's just he just he just knows, you know, he's, he's, he 
picks his spots maybe a little bit better than 2015-16, but I haven't seen a huge difference. In, I think he's been a bucket for the last, you know, since 2014, he's been, you know, one of the best scorers of our time. Let's let's end on a let's end on a fun one here. How many times were Andy's troll tweets shared in the group chat? <laughs> we don't. I don't know if they do it now, but we never put any. When I was oh. there, we never put any tweets in the group chat. Was early I don't, I don't days. Know. I'm safe. <laughs> maybe KD or maybe I don't know. But uh, <laughs> no, <nah, we, laughs> our group chats were general trolling of each other, making fun of each other, and then just organizing dinners and all that kind of shit. So um, not much. I think I've ran into some of his Andy's before. Um, one of the you know few I haven't got blocked, but. <laughs> I was, um, it was funny. I've been told by some warrior staffers back in the day to calm down on the tweets. So I've, I've grown, uh, since, since those times, um, or what, or what would happen? I, I don't know. I just, I had a credential. I covered the team for like five years. So maybe they pulled the credential. I don't go anymore. So, you know, that yeah. they weren't happy. I don't, you know, I don't know what stuff I said, Sam, but I said probably some crazy shit that deserved that deserved probably, probably Raymond involved, Ritter probably just, involved a beverage or two in your hand yeah, and then yeah. just fired off. Who hasn't, who hasn't been on Twitter and said crazy shit? <laughs> Watered down, nothing taken. There's someone out there that's losing their shit because they're offended by it. So I think it's a, it's a positive. If, if you've been, if you've offended someone on Twitter, it's, that's the majority. Yeah, that is true. You've, you've really made it. Um, well, oh, actually, I heard you say Sydney Kings. I, maybe we can ask a couple of things out there. We are our guy Justinian Jessup uh, was was in Australia for a couple of years. Um, he, he's had a, a, a rough go of it. I think he's it, going to Europe now. Wrote. By the way, yeah, yeah, he flew out there. Where is he going? Yeah. Uh, he has not signed yet. It's just his agents made it known he wants to play in Europe. So maybe he won't end up in Europe. We'll see. Um, well, but, shit, I want to play in the again too. But you know, <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> Easy to say things, but you got to get them done. But uh, look, he was, I thought he had a chance just based on his three ball to at least get that bad year the Warriors had. I thought they'd call him up and just bring him in and leave him out last time. But they didn't. Um, he can shoot it, man. He's got a nice shot. He's got a really, really nice shot. I think in that system, he could help. But I think just everything else, I think he gets, he gets lost in game sometimes. Um, and when his shot's not falling, there's not much else he's bringing. But when he's hot, he can shoot it, man. Um, he gave us, he had a couple of games with us. That, uh, we, we actually knocked him out in the, in the semifinals um, this past season, 2 0, so the best of three. And he was pretty, pretty quiet for the most part. But uh, you, you mentioned this guy too. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go one more with, with Giddy. If the Warriors had gotten him, which I think the Warriors would have drafted him if Kamingo wins six or something like that, he'd be a perfect fit. On the Warriors, just with the way that he passes, um, he, at he, least in he, opinion, he step off the ball though, like you know, maybe off the bench a little bit. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, he, he wouldn't be having the impact he's having in OKC. That's no. my point. No. Like, I think he'd be, you know, at times they'd be like, you know, his three balls still a work in progress. Mm. So they'd be like, all right, give him to Steph and go in the dunker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's like. His natural position is every outlet on the ball. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Whereas he wouldn't get that opportunity. Maybe he'd get it for 10 minutes a game, maybe. Yep. With the Warriors and Steph sitting. So that was kind of more my point. I think he's in the perfect situation because they're like, 
hey man, like go over five from three, you have five turnovers, figure it out. We're, we're riding with you, you're our guy. And he looked, he actually, I, mean, I know it's summer league, I saw some of his. Yeah, he's too good to be there. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, he was just, it was like a man. He's a, don't forget, he, what is he, 20? He's only 20. Yeah. And he looked like a man amongst boys. Like, like he was just like, eh, pass here, bit. Yeah, okay, I'll shoot this one. And just like, you know, I mean, look, 18, 10, 7, like, and he's easy. He's a, he's a very, very good player. Just, and he's big, man. He's, he's a big, big point guard, like 6'7, 6'8, can see over. Um, I love his game. I think his three balls are the one that he can go from a star to, all NBA slash all star. If, if that three balls in the low to mid 30s and he's confident with it, all he needs to do is knock down one or two. That's going to be the barometer for me with him um, because he's got similarities to Rondo in a way, a bigger version of Rondo. But I think his three balls at this point in his career is better. Yeah. And the one thing that was nice also about him playing in summer league, which is just, it's not a good league for bigs, is we got to actually see Chet Holmgren play with someone who could set him up a little bit which was fun yeah. to watch. So like, I always think about that when you see clips of Wiseman playing with guards who have no interest in passing him the ball. Yes. Yeah. Cause they're trying to get a contract. themselves. Well, I, remember, <laughs> I, remember, I, did, I did Minnesota, which was just, a, just fantastic in summer. But uh, <laughs> I remember we had, we had free agent point guards and we had guys that didn't have contracts playing our one, two and a, and a guy that was trying to earn minutes. And I was, I was literally just running line sprints for like eight or nine minutes straight at times. And I'm like, coming to the bench, like, and I coach, like, man, what the fuck? Like, I can go do this. I can go do this at practice and get my conditioning. I don't need to do it during the game. Um, but that is something. And it is, and especially now with the way the league's gone, it's very much more guard orientated, guard dominated. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be even worse. So you basically got to get an O board or, or a few second chance points. Otherwise, if you're a big guy, you're in some trouble. Yeah, unless you're like Joel Embiid, you're not, you're not. They're not they're getting touches because Wiseman was doing looked off. Yeah. Looked off. Yeah. Like, come to the screen for me, then go to the dunker, Joel. That's it. <laughs> That's it. It's all he just set a screen, go to the rim, but you don't get the ball going to the rim. I I mean, I don't know what it feels like to be a seven footer like that. So I wouldn't know, but it looks rough on the TV screen. It looks rough, especially when you're the number two overall pick. So you I I wonder if you think about, you know, would you be even more effective, you know, in today's game versus the way that you you went? Because that that, you know. Maybe it's just a smaller front core. Maybe you get to score more, more offensive rebounds. Maybe you shoot threes. I don't know. Early in my career, I mean, college, I shot three more a little bit. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd have to, in this era, you have to have a three ball um, to an extent. Uh, if you are, I still think there is a role for the role playing big. I just don't think it's 40 minutes a game. Um, I think it's, you know, your Mason Plumleys of the world, these kind of guys, your Andre Jordan, I think it's a 20 to 25 minute role at times. But then you look at you look at Williams um, from Boston and and his impact. He doesn't shoot threes. He was he like I don't he have to look the, it up. He was I, their he, best player in that series, by the way. He was the one who gave the Warriors the biggest problems. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was in their positive for plus minus. I know people don't like plus minus, but I, I don't mind plus minus when it's a bulk number. Um, you know, 20, 25, 30 minutes. I don't like plus minuses on some guy that gets in garbage time and five minutes. Like, he was a plus 16 or a might, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Williams was like, he was positive when he was out there. He's blocking shots. He can move his feet on a perimeter. Like, so there's still a role for those guys. It's just gone so much to, it's a copycat league. Everyone wants to have five three-point shooters and space the floor and run the same pick and roll and let's get this guy to switch. It's just, it, it, it does become boring at times to watch. Um, that's why I think that Boston 
Golden State series was somewhat a bit more entertaining because it wasn't the same old stuff. Boston, but like I said, playing two bigs, which is frowned upon. I do wonder if the NBA is starting to move back that way because Miami also doesn't. I mean, they they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. They they have a little more diverse offense than just running a straight pick and roll every play. I wonder if it's actually trending back because everyone's kind of started to figure out how to guard it. Maybe. I don't think it'll trend back completely just because yeah. of the, the analytics departments right. in NBA franchises are growing by the day. They're getting bigger, 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 bigger. But let me ask you this. One to you guys. Let's uh, go back in time with our crystal ball, right? Memphis, we're down 2-1. Uh, we come back and win that series. If Memphis wins that series, goes on to the finals to a chip, do you think everyone in the league is trying to start two big brutes? Ooh. That you know is... I mean? like, yeah. Copycat. No, yes. You know, and, and if you replace Tony Allen with a more capable three-point shooter, maybe they win that series. Yeah. You know, um, but... That's a question I always thought of, like, does then everyone try to get a Zebo and a Gasol together instead of going small? With, you know what I mean? Like, it's that's that's the league. Because I also think, and I bring this back to Steph, because with Boston, they played that drop coverage. They were the best defense in the NBA. They've been Golden State. And they played that drop coverage against any, any other team, and it works. You could do that against Luka, as awesome as he is. It'll work. You could do that against Trey. It'll work. But against Steph, the one guy, there's just, in my opinion, there's just that one guy that you can't do that to. And uh, I guess he also played in that Memphis series too. Yeah, they, they, need, they just needed a count. Boston needed a counter. They needed something. Um, I don't think it was necessarily a one through five switch because they tried that and then you got Horford going instead. Yeah. But I think it was just, I would, I personally, my coaching hat on, I would have went to a soft blitz, uh, meaning that I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have blitzed Steph hard. I would have come up with two players and kind of like funneled him so he can't really go either way. Um, and made him get rid of it, and then at least we're not extended all the way out in half court. That's what I would have done. Um, but I think they probably would be looking at film with that, regretting that they didn't, they didn't have something. Give me something. something they didn't, they didn't you know? try crazy stuff. You know, like Tyron yeah. Lue did some crazy stuff. Nick Nurse did some really cool stuff. Um, it felt like Emil Ducco was like, I'm gonna, this, is, model, this, is, yeah. this is what we do, and yeah. we're just going to, you know, yeah. go, go against it. number one, too, so it's like – their bread and butter that got them there was that. So you can argue that why would they change that? They're going to push all their chips to the table and whatever happens, happens. And They're up to one. They're up to one. Yeah, yeah, yep. Was that the best game you ever saw, Steph, game four? I don't know if you want. Was that the best? Yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. I mean, it, I mean, I can't remember the stats, um, but no one else really played well off the Warriors, right? Like, he literally, he literally was like, no – we're not losing this game. We're taking this game. We're going to get M5. We're going to get M6. It's going to be over. Wiggins, just- yeah, Wiggins showed up in the fourth quarter, and that was literally it. For three and a half quarters, it was just Steph. Like, literally, no one else could hit a shot and was doing anything. It was. And that's what's crazy. No one else could hit a shot. Like, you know, Draymond didn't want to shoot three. Clay wasn't shooting it well. Wiggins wasn't shooting it that well from three. And Boston still, like, when in that half drop, just letting him run around, and you know that's what was interesting. That was a perfect opportunity to be like, "Hey, we're gonna even if it is Clay, let's live with maybe Clay making a couple of big shots rather than Steph." But I means yeah, like I said, easier said than done. You know, Steph knows those coverages are coming at time, and he still gets it done. So, just an amazing clutch performance. And I'm, I'm to me, even without that performance, he's in the top ten. But I think for most naysayers that were like, he's not in the top 10, I think that that should be the one piece that you can be like, hey, man, like, the guy's, the guy's a gun, man. Like, he's, he's, you've got kids that, 
in fucking high school, can you trust me on this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> kids in high school games shooting threes from a step over half court. Like, that's not a good thing at times. No. But he's changed the game. Like, he's changed the game. Like, Kareem changed the game to an extent because people are trying to do sky. You know, Jordan changed the game. Remember as a kid trying to go up and under, right? Because of that, that one play in the final where he changed hands. Like, or everyone fading away, wanting to do the post fade yeah, away. Yeah, they're, like, they're, they're, they're timeless plays in NBA history, whereas Steph's is like, your coverage better be touching me as soon as I get over the half court. That's, that's, that's a game changer in the NBA history. That's, 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 that's the best. Sam, I don't know if I think that's the best way to put it. I think uh, Andrew, Andre Godala said he might come back. The Warriors have a couple open slots. They need some vet centers. You know what I mean? Maybe they need some mentors. They probably pay you a little too little, right? But I think Warriors fans would be pretty happy to have you back. But, uh, appreciate, appreciate you. Appreciate yeah. you coming on. No worries. Thanks for having me. Cheers. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com